Hey folks, welcome to episode 39 of uh, Biomast, what we'd like to refer to as the bereavement episode of Biomast. For those of you listening uh, out uh, on the iPod world, this is the uh, the E Super Bowl Eve, and uh, in in what was clearly a uh, a goon backed coup, a uh, an epic an epic event just occurred on the on the Super Bowl uh, playing field of American football, and uh, uh, I, w- I would like to give a pre-show shout out to the soon to be ex offensive coordinator of the Seattle Seahawks, whatever your name is. I don't care at this moment, but you suck and hope you die in a fire. But nobody actually cared. So, Oh, I'm just, I just, uh, this is going to, this is going to be a rough show, but I'm a soldier on tonight, uh, because that's that's what we do here. This is a professional broadcast. I know that's a, that's kind of a shocker to most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that. Uh, let it out. Let it out. If 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 you could only see what is like the the rage and the uh, the hatred going on right now, it's just it's it's insane. So on that note, let's go ahead and get started, and uh, we'll we'll try to cycle through the you know all the different uh, sort of levels of grief as we go through this. It'll it'll be good. It'll be very cathartic, I'm sure. So. Um, Let's go ahead and knock out our CPM update because we do have uh, Sryzel in tonight and Iron Wolf Saber, our, our two uh, resident and regular, if you will, uh, CPM uh, folks to hop on the show with us. Uh, so with that, I'm going to turn it over to you guys. Any word from the CPM? You've actually pretty much seen everything we've been working on because uh, everything's out. I will have to point out again that um, CCP Vartati has put out his big um, trailer board of his ideas and things he's been picking up. The big board of things. Okay. Well, yeah. And I'm sure we're going to get into talking about that here in just a little bit. Um, But I guess my question is, let's see. Was there any was there any uh, word back on the CPM election stuff? Because I I know you guys were going to touch base with Frame on that. We have expressed our concern to Frame, and Frame said he's um, getting right on that. Hmm. Okay. All right. No, that that's pretty good, though. I, I appreciate you guys following up on that. That was a, a question that uh, more than a few people have popped up. So let's uh, let's see here. And if there's anything else from the CPM, what I'd like to do is kind of actually open it up to what you guys mentioned about and get your guys' thoughts on the uh, the quote unquote big board of things, uh, which is Ritati's, uh personal Trello. Uh, so any any parting shots before we move on to that? Well, no, just uh, the only thing to preface on the big board of things is that uh, not everything on it will happen. Not everything on it is even a good idea. It's just like stuff that he's heard that has, has you know, made it through to the list. Confirmed. Zell thinks Ritati's ideas suck. Okay, so <laughs> let's move on to the actual board <laughs> itself. Um, any any general thoughts about what you guys saw when you, uh, when you put the post out, by the way? I'll just I haven't even it seen it. Table. I thought it was a great right step now. forward. It's it's uh, linked on a, on a post that he made. Uh, I'll see if I can find it and link it in channel. It's Thank uh, you. sticky down the feedback board. And it's literally called CCP Rotati's Big Board of Things. Yep, I'm looking at it right now. That's silly. Are, are we all reading it right now? Because is that, is that what the silence is? <laughs> it is both yeah. Yeah. and a cut, board Silence gets cut out of the podcast, so it's fine. Um, okay. But... Uh, I mean, this is like anything. This is like kind of the the way people can see if an idea has actually made it to his, um, you know, radar as a thing that might happen or could happen or would be nice if it happened type of thing. 
um, pretty much anything he reads, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, maybe, you know, gets on the list. Um, so it's, it's very, it's just an easy way for people to know that, that, that what, you know, an idea has been heard. Okay. No, that, I think that's fair. Uh, is there anything in there that, uh, you guys that I guess surprised or you weren't tracking is something that he had had his eye on? Um, I'm just like looking through the vehicle part, obviously. I'm not sure what he means by some of this stuff, like. Uh, I, I I lost where I was, but um said something about like ramming speed for labs will insta pop them even on friendly vehicles, and I'm assuming he's like I, I think that he's saying like that's, that's a bad thing or that, yeah I'm, that's I'm the sure. collision metric that's broken. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so that's like, what he means by when, that. That's when, what I was thinking. When my lab gets sure. love tapped by a friendly um half, it explodes. Yeah, it's ridiculous. That needs fixing. Yeah, that's what he's he's noting there. Okay, that's why I was assuming, but I wasn't sure. Uh, I, I guess it's like the Ritati thing of him being kind of weird in his wordings and shapings and everything, but he means good things by it. Yeah, I mean, there's a few things in there that were written as if they're a problem, and a few things are like, it would be nice to have. It's kind of hard. It's kind of, I mean, it's just like really quickly scribbled notes, and he already cleaned up the whole thing quite a bit from where it was. What? <laughs> Yeah, this actually looks a lot than different this? than you know. This looks a lot different than I remember the first time I looked at it. Cause I think I saw it like within ten minutes of it coming out. He's cleaned it up a hell of a lot more than it used to be. Yeah, uh, Zell, I remember you telling me that he had uh, he had like personal thoughts on players too, and that's been cleaned out of there. Yeah, that that ref- that's uh, the infamous quote about Pokey. That shit, <laughs> Pokey. <laughs> it's it's a badge of honor. What can I say? Yeah, it yeah. is. Oh, absolutely wonderful. He wants to make the turrets better for... Um, he wants to make them more stabilized. That's just wonderful. On the move, shoot and scooting. Yeah, I mean, there's tons of stuff in there. Uh, actually, there's some Warlords 1.0 column. I didn't see that before, so that's definitely something you should take a look at as well. Yeah, and I think... Is there an, is the uh, the evaluation column was in there, too? Um, yeah, evaluation uh, evaluated equals no, and evaluated equals yes. Yeah, and that is um, like their like stuff that he's specifically asked people can can you know what's the feasibility of doing this, um, and whether or not he's gotten a result. We can all shed a single tear for the sworn lock on warning being an evaluated no. <laughs> That's kind of sucky. Well, there was the proposed idea of um, having a state change of the person shooting, so that um you, you may not get a lock on warning, but you get a um, separation warning. Aww. Reminds me, has you has Judge ever slow. come back to anything? Because I know he was a big proponent of that. I'm I don't want to go there. That. I'm gonna okay. Take that. <laughs> a tumbleweed. <laughs> I think a tumbleweed just rolled <laughs> through the channel. Yes. Yeah, like, uh, why did I go there? Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I got. I have to. I, I'm totally not trying to, to rat hole this, but like, I, I've got to say, guys, like, I, the, it. There's there's no shocker that he that he fucking like hit the ninja smoke ball and left. I mean you like you can say it's not like we don't know that. <laughs> well, well, it, it just further proves that CPM's not all fun and games. It is it is serious business. It is serious things. And if, if and yes, while while there there are going to be things that you're going to disagree with, you got to be prepared to nerf your favorite thing if you're going to be on a CPM. Fair point. Um. About that swarm thing, I don't really care for a warning. I just want to see them coming and know where they hit me from. That's all I really need. 
even in really in any vehicle if i had that that would be fine that's more of a rendering issue though isn't it yeah it is yeah and sometimes like at a certain angle you can actually see them coming because i was at some weird incline or something and i actually saw the um swarms coming at me but at any other angle i didn't see them coming so there's something weird going on with that i don't know it's usually when the shooter himself is not rendering you do not see anything he he generates also being rendered and it's a it's been a problem for snipers it used to be a ma massive problem back when um, all weapons only rendered well at their effective range but oh, at, at the perspective of your shooter oh so shotgun Jesus. is really, that was terrible yeah, that, that was, that I was remember a terrible that. update that was yeah. uh, that landed with uprising if i remember correctly oh wait i remember that now yeah <laughs> yeah running over with a shotgun just like blinded you <laughs> Hey, random question. What do the color codes mean on the, the Rotati board? Yeah, I was wondering that. I have no idea. That sounded suspiciously like I know, but I'm not going to tell you because I don't want to say that I know. No, no, I, start I really, with me. no, I really have no idea. The non-Indian answer? We have no fucking idea. <laughs> um, be frank, yeah. Only the suit Rattata color's though. wrong. I'm assuming he's referring to Quaff's suits being that ugly fucking purple and black color no i think that's more Aww. referring to like the ensoma suits and no. stuff like that and stuff like that not being correct um i think quaif being purple is in fact correct so why can't it be not... that sexy pink and white again i should have thought quaif was like a really light blue you know it depends that's, that's corporate color <laughs> yeah you've had some purple and some blue out of quaif stuff in uh um in eve i know that I, I don't know how much of it is, you know, that I know there's there's someone in Eve who like who works there on the art team who will never ever allow pink things in the game, that sort yeah, of thing. Art director, if I remember right. Screw that guy then. Pink and white was way better than that. This ugly purple and black. I, the the drink itself that is purple, there. I think. Though the yeah, art yeah. can's actually purple. Yeah, the yeah the quaff drink itself is in fact purple. I mean, it we is. are basically running around a bunch of tin cans, so I, I think it makes sense. So if we open up a drop suit, we get Quaif. Yeah, the bonus <laughs> is actually purple. Regardless, you cannot deny that that pink and white was just way better than this purple and black. Yes, we can. No, you can't. Right. You cannot. Watch, check this out. I'm gonna I'm gonna show this in real time. Like you can even record this. Oh wait, we are. I don't like the fucking pink color. Therefore, I have just refuted your claim. Okay. I will slay you. <laughs> yeah, right. Go ahead. Okay. Um, let's see. I, I guess I'm looking through this. I, I like how he's got it organized. It's kind of interesting that he has it sort of by build, which I thought was sort of interesting. Um, um, you're also seeing here, this is actually one of the reasons that Rotati was going with the crowdsource Trello board, because if you see the organization, the organization on this Trello board is fairly similar to the win to the organization on the crowdsource Trello board. Yeah, and and effectively he could he can literally just drag like well he can get pretty close to dragging and dropping cards if he really wants to. Like I can I think you can actually I've I was playing around those I'm pretty sure you can drag a card from another board onto this board or import it. Yeah, there's lots and lots of gems on here like uh uh, you know, ideas, one of the ideas being vaulting, jumping higher, you know, stuff like I, that. I, you know, that is, believe it or not, the um, the actual movement mechanic in Dust, like from, the, you know, like the infantry movement mechanics that they have, that literally might be the, the part of the game that is kind of the most, um, 
you know, bargain basement out of any of it. Like yep. the rest, like the rest of it, you know, like the, the HUDs are fine. The weapons are fine. You know, generally the graphics, it, they're, they're pretty dated now, but when, when it came out they they were pretty, they were all fine. They were all like, you know, B level, B plus level in some cases. In terms of, in terms of what you get in terms of your rendering distance and that kind of stuff. I mean, I think the, you know, I'd rather have the graphics be what they are now and get my better rendering distance, you know, with snipers out 600 meters and all yeah, that kind sure. of stuff. But yeah, definitely, but- I would agree. Movement is something that has been holding dust back for a really long time. I mean, when a heavy or any suit walks up to like, you know, a 12 inch, like step up and you have to sprint and run to get on top of it, there's kind of a problem there. Yeah, yeah I can do like really straight vertical jumps in real life. And if I can't do that in a suit in dust, it makes me feel sad. Well, well your I suit think- is heavy. Yeah, this yeah, is also level... power armor. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's, that's kind of, I know, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm making a stupid comment. No, but <laughs> I, I think it's the, it's the juxtaposition of you can have like a scout suit like blaze by you at nine meters a second and then leap over your head, you know, and, and then on the next instant, that same scout suit like effectively can't like pick its foot up to move over a ledge. I hate those ledges. <laughs> they're only well, like they're, they're only doing. like three inches tall, and they'll trip up. They'll make you trip. <laughs> no, yeah. I think there. I think there would be. I think the movement is is honestly the thing that is the most. Um, I, I'm trying to. I'm searching for the word. It's just. It's not on par with the quality of the rest of the game, uh, or even most very basic vanilla first person shooter style games. Yeah, and I um, would say that that would apply to vehicles as well. Um, Laughs particularly. I, you know what? I know a lot of people hate how the laughs handle, but at the same time, I kind of, I don't know. Like maybe if they didn't quite roll as much, it'd be nice. But I don't mind the fact that going over rough terrain, it feels like I'm going over rough terrain, you know, and bouncing around all over the place. Like I have to pick. They feel like they handle like sports cars in rough terrain, though, which is the problem. It's not quite literally an off-road vehicle but more of a sports car which is the problem i still do- i still remember doesn't... video of the the pre-e3 video when they actually had suspension yeah and then they i'm gonna that. post that in the um the oh, um, god sky in... channel because someone linked me that it yeah, actually the... looks like they handle like off-road vehicles i you know what though they used to have it to where if you if you bottomed out too hard in an lev it would explode Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a trade-off there. <laughs> Actually, interestingly enough, ideas and drop suits and rolls in that column we have let people generally jump a little higher. Hooray! That's not gonna break. There you go. It's in Skype channel. I know. Um, if I recall correctly, Rotati was talking about that he was playing Battlefield Four, um, kind of for inspiration and the fluidity of movement, and just something for inspiration there. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of good inspiration. Vaulting, you've got, you know... You know, what I don't get is how there's a lot of railing on maps that seems specifically designed to be at, like, chin height, just so you can't jump over it. Like, I never understood that on some of the map design, on some of the maps. Like, even the new one, the one with the uh, train, you've got, like, high railings. Like, you can't crouch under them, but you can't jump over them. And it's, like, just bizarre. There's like what? There's that area in the orbital insulation map, um, kind of on the spire there. And if you put uh, uplinks on it, uh, the heavies can't get out of this little pen. Oh, God. (laughs) Yes, I've been in that pen. 
I, luckily, usually yeah, there's, there's someone nice enough to generally drop a nano hive, so you're like, you know, at least you're being fed while you're trapped inside your little pen. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would generally agree that the uh, the movement is probably one of those things that desperately needs some work, but I th- I would suspect it's also one of the least likely things to get fixed. Um, Shame. It's well, probably. It- Probably dev intensive if you think about well, it. it. If I remember correctly, originally those fences were like all of the gate. The fences were designed to not be able to be jumped over by anybody. Like everywhere there was a gate, it was meant to be like you have to go around this. That's retarded. And yeah. like we were told, like if you could get over this, it's a bug and we need to fix it. Yeah. You know the funny thing is, there actually used to be a vaulting bug in the game. Um. Back in the build after E3, you could crouch, and if you crouched and then sprinted at an object, you would get be teleported to the top of that object, which is great for crates. The only problem is when you walked up to a 12-foot wall and then duplicated this mechanic. <laughs> it gave a little bit of a walkiness to things. Hey, I've got a question. So I'm looking under the ideas column, and it says dispersion to rails and forge guns. Is that like to add it? To um, make it, like, to, to rails and forge guns would be so that it's harder to snipe people with uh, guns that are meant for AV. Uh, they had, see, they added, I remember the days when they had dispersion on the forge guns, and the problem is you would end up trying to shoot weak spots on vehicles, and you'd be pain in the ass to hit the weak spot because of the dispersion being all wonky. Then you had to read the other card about making weak spots bigger on vehicles. <laughs> think. I, I'm okay. So I guess I guess this is one of the this is one of the ones where I have a hard time separating like how shit really works and and stuff in a video game. Like, hey, a forge gun is is effectively pr- pretty close to a rail gun, uh, but th- those don't have dispersion on them like at all for a reason. Uh, I'm kind of curious as why that's. I mean, they already took pre- a lot of the splash off of those. I'm 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 not really seeing these as a problem right now. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Uh, yeah, I can I see think, recoil, think... but not necessarily dispersion. Like, if you fire a shot and it kind of kicks back and you have to kind of line up your shot again, that, that might make sense, but having a railgun... Yeah, gun... Now, they already have recoil, though. Yeah, yeah, I mean, having... It doesn't make me... For what it is... What, a railgun? Barely any? I mean, I think there was a big problem with forge gun sniping um, when that card was probably added to his notes. But uh, I think that the the splash nerf that they did has made it relatively, um, you know, difficult to do. Well, not only that, you also have travel time on both rail and forge gun projectiles. Yeah, that's, that's not pre- that's, that's, that's pretty manageable. Um, it's it's really it's the splash that that made a big difference. That travel time makes it to where dodging rail shots is a thing. So I think that adding version is ridiculous. It comes down to a matter of degree. I mean, how much they're actually adding in. Again, it doesn't make any sense, but if they do, it's, you know, if I'm missing a dropship at 300 meters because of dispersion, I'm going to be pretty pissed. You know, if I've lined up the shot and I miss it because it decided to, you know, go off to find a degree angle, that's, that's kind of bullshit. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I remember when they had dispersion on uh, uh, forges and it just, it just felt like, oh, and now my shot goes randomly over in this direction. Oh, now it's randomly over in that direction. Yeah. I mean, if I'm leading a dropship going at full tilt and I, I peg him, Taking the travel time into account, I better damn well hit him, not get screwed because of a you know a random dispersion. Yeah, that would piss me off to no end. Just saying. I'm interested. These are some interesting comments he has. He has in here. Shotguns are pretty OP in the right hands. Like 
Uh huh. Slingshot well, would be pretty OP in the right hands in this game. Yeah, I mean, anything should be OP in the right hands. That's kind of the point. Is it I mean, possible game, to make a turretless tank that has ludicrous speed, high armor, and a CRU and call it an NPC slash map? What? Yes, please. Yeah. What? Wait, wait, where is that? that what? Be too easy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, please. That would be retarded. No. I love ludicrous speed. No, that, that would actually be pretty legit. Yeah, that I would, think that, that would be ridiculously retarded. Especially if, the, especially if the LAV was able to spawn, if it spawned people outside of no, the vehicle. an HAV. Yeah, no, that would be fine though. That that would actually work just fine. Mm-hmm. I would not. I don't feel the need to have a new model to represent the MAV. I think you well, I like it eventually, but you know, you, you would probably end up seeing people using that more to move people than moving people in dropships. Yeah, oh that's God. what. That's why I say that that's retarded. Well, it, but there's lots of disadvantages. I mean, you can't get on top of the building with it. No, I mean not only that. Uh, I think that, the one of the issues is you need vehicles that have that fill roles like that in order to really make uh, stuff like the ultra heavy vehicles or the destroyer, the, the dehabs and stuff like that shine because you need vehicles to kill other vehicles that are actually impacting the infantry gameplay. I think the now the one thing I would offer is that, and this is not like a new like a new problem, but. Any vehicle, particularly a ground vehicle, that's job is to move people. Like actually, that's its function is like moving people under fire, like mobile protection to get them up to a point. Um, there, there better be some kind of like wait time to get out of the vehicle. I don't, I don't need a crazy. I don't need some animation. I don't need hatches opening up and dudes crawling out. But there better be, be awesome, there better not be like like four heavies teleporting out of that fucking thing. Yeah, I would agree to have that for all vehicles. I think that, you know, the, the ability to, to basically teleport in and out of a tank or an LAV is, is a little ridiculous. Having some, you know, even just a couple seconds delay to climb in and out would, would be reasonable. Because if you're using a vehicle like you're supposed to, that won't be an issue. But if you're trying to do a murder taxi, it will be an issue, and that's the issue you're trying to solve. On that note, in an under-evaluation with a purple tag on it, whichever that whatever that happens to mean, increased delay between entering and exiting vehicle and being combat-ready to counter murder taxi. Sweet. <laughs> All right. I think, uh, hadn't they talked about that, or someone had talked about that in relation to suit size? Um, yeah, that, I think... That would make some sense. Yeah. yeah, I'd be fine with that. I mean, I've heard different ideas, like, uh, like you know, I think it was, like, holding the button to get it in and out. Like, I don't know if it, the end would work, because you already hold the button to recall the vehicle, but maybe holding the button to get out of the vehicle, something like that. I would be fine with an instant get-in time, but a... Um, time to get out. <laughs> now it's got to work both ways. I mean, because because then you can schwack people that are stupid enough to get out of the vehicle. I mean, I think honestly, like if there is like some slight delay, it doesn't have to be a lot, but there's a slight delay. I think that'd be big. Now I heard one idea that I thought was actually pretty logical, but very unlikely uh, to get any traction, and that was basically if you want to be a pilot in a dropship or a tank. Um, then you can't wear a heavy suit because the theory is you wouldn't be able to fit into the cockpit or whatever. That that would make a certain amount of sense. You know, there, there's some logic there, but I, I just don't see them implementing that in the game. The other thing is about an exit delay is for dropships, the, the, the people in the passenger seats. If you have a delay, oh, that would be bad because, like, the timing for hot drops is so critical. 
I think that if you made it to where people have to like hold a button to get out of those passenger seats, that might be an issue. Well, actually, all it really does is it just increases the the ceiling that you're you need to be at to do the drop. And that's, I mean, usually like a max altitude drop is tends to be more effective uh, if you've got a pretty good pilot who can actually put you on the spot. And you can you can aim a little bit to get on the way down. It's usually a safer way to do it, particularly if the, anybody's got a forge gun up. On that note, I wish that we could actually eject people in dropships, like say a pilot was flying along, he got to the drop point, he could just eject everybody out at the same time. And because drop- it's not like um, it, a dropship would, if it couldn't be really a, a effective murder taxi, you would have to actually drop out, fall to the ground, let the dropship land, get back in and everything. So it's not really a murder taxi, so it really be affected by it so i would say that um the delay to get out of a dropship shouldn't be a thing yeah i mean i don't think anyone's really complained about heavies hopping out of dropships killing them hopping back in and flying away it, it's pretty much always a tank if or that LAV. happens you're doing something you're you're doing something terribly wrong yeah it's team. like <laughs> really you can see the thing coming down to you no. unless it's behind you or something which the case. only issue is auto eject i know some certain people that would love to have that feature so they could then fly over the red line and then auto eject all of their passengers hence hence the beast yeah i can see the causing some issues i mean I, I get the idea that you know it would ease the coordination of doing a hot drop and drop ship but i think that might like you say, cause excessive trolling and you know, overall just kind of piss people off because people just wouldn't climb the dropships. Are you with that? Yeah, honestly, oh god, honestly, everyone spawns in and gets just dumped. Uh, it would be nice if you hit a button on the dropship and it played a sound inside the dropship for everybody. So, yeah, like, like, a, like a prompt, just you know, in three seconds, bail out. Just the pilot can you know, communicate to the, the passengers without uh. Not being on cons, what they want them to do. I honestly would love there to be horns on all of the vehicles. Or <laughs> intercom. Ah, yeah. I would like an intercom inside of my vehicle See, so I, I could talk to people. I want um I want a, uh, a concord lav with um flashing police lights. Look, <laughs> yeah. the horns seem silly, but in every you know in all the battlefield games that I've played, the horns actually end up being a very effective means of communication. And plus, you can do you know shaving a haircut very well with the horn and the gun turret on an LAV. You know, you know honk 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 honk, and then the turret goes shot shot. <laughs> <laughs> and then for ore, we could buy a Vuvuzela. Yep. See, and then yes, you can buy, or or you know, it's like you know. Well, see, there's horn. your monetization feature. Yeah. Customizable. Give us a standard horn, and then have some fancy horns for us. I'd pay. Fa- I'd pay money for a fancy horn. Oh my gosh. You know how much I'd pay for a whoop whoop laugh? <laughs> okay, I would actually pay for that. Yeah. Especially if you can whoop whoop it and then run over someone like right after. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that oh, would be geez. so good. That would be so good. I want that now. And wait Give for the Nick me. Fuzzy remix. I, you know, I still want dev voices uh, shouting out kill streaks for me as well. I yes. For that as well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, what is it if you get like 20 to like 50 kills? Because I can go on some ridiculous streaks killing vehicles. Laser focused. <laughs> <laughs> That's so very wrong, but so very right. That would be just great. It, it's weapon specific. No, that so would so make laser my rifles, you get you get uh, at least saying that line from the E Vegas and the 
Oh, jeez. That would make my year. Uh, yeah, give it to me now. I'm ready. Coming we soon. Can, we can have Ritani singing the Icelandic National Anthem for Killstreaks of 30 or above. Again, I'd pay for that. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You'll have people spinning up custom PC matches just so they can have one guy murder everyone so they can hear him sing. I like the one card that says, ideas and experience, and then the card is community thoughts. Oh, that's, that's very specific and helpful. That was probably one he had to clean up a lot. <laughs> yeah, he probably tried censoring it and realized most of it was just gone and decided to get rid of all of it. Um, can someone explain this one to me? Get out a jail-free card that could be fixed just by preventing another vehicle call-in while you already have one deployed. What is that supposed that, to mean? That's an issue. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I see that. So basically, right now, um, I go up to my vehicle, and instead of recalling it, I call in another vehicle, and as that vehicle is deploying, I then recall my current vehicle, so I can cycle out my vehicles quickly. It's almost kind of a defeats the whole point of having the recall be so long. Right. So essentially the idea is I have a vehicle called out, therefore I cannot call another vehicle out until I recall that vehicle and then wait for the RDV delay and then call in the new vehicle. Um, the only reason why I use that is because I switch fits a lot. Um, sort of like people switch fits in a um, supply depot. Which I, so, we can't do in the middle of no, at any place in time that we want. I can't either. If I try to do that in the middle of nowhere, like in the middle of a road or something, I'm probably going to get shot. So it's it's yeah, still you're... it's still OP. You should it, you it's it's just it's way too yeah. It nullifies AV efforts to drive a vehicle away too. I mean, if you've drove a vehicle away after it burned all its modules to um get away from you, it comes back fresh and new, fully loaded to kick your ass, and all that effort Davies did is for goddamn nothing. The module give, me a way to, give me a way to switch fits and i've already i've also made it a suggestion about um solving that issue well you of, can switch fits you sit there and recall it and then you call in another one and you wait for your rdv so i'm supposed to sit there for a solid 30 seconds you bet you wait for actually, another like, fit I to mean, come like, in yes um Though, so actually, what I would like to see is rather than have the sit-there-hold recall timer, I would rather have a much shorter hold, but then the vehicle remains on the field and vulnerable until an RDV comes and picks it up and flies it off. Well, I think the, yeah. the reason they made it disappear the way it does is because uh, programming an RDV actually flying in and picking up a said vehicle would be very expensive to actually program. Yeah, more than likely. Plus, if you make it where you just steal hit a button for a couple seconds and it's invulnerable, then people will just hop out of their tank at critical well, no, health and make no, it vulnerable. Not, no, it would remain vulnerable until, oh, it, okay. would, until it was, like, because, you know, just like uh, with a vehicle being called in, you can shoot it while it's still hanging from the RDV. You would, sure. it, it would be shootable until you were, like, it, until it was far enough away that the RDV despawned with it. But... The, the thing is, is, you wouldn't then have to sit there for 20 seconds with your, um, you know, in one spot. You'd just have a shorter thing, but then your vehicle would sit there until it got recalled. Yeah, but at the same time, I also like being able to go, oh shit, I'm being shot in the back, and then be able to, you know, move again to a safer spot rather than, you know, calling the recall in and then I'm screwed, you know, that the vehicle, I can't do anything unless you can cancel it somehow. Um, I, I would say if you jump back in it, then well, it was okay. still on the that, ground. That's fair. Cancel yeah, I just yeah, I just want to commit to yeah, I just want to commit to be calling and then be screwed if you know Forge Gunner comes over the hill and now I'm just sitting there watching it blow up my tank. But if you can cancel it out, I think that's fine. Um, 
Also, enter. there would be a problem with people sitting there waiting for you to do that and then just hop in and steal your AJV or lav. So during this time period, your um, vehicle will have to lock up to everything else. Otherwise, I just don't see people using that feature at all. I still want real vehicle locks rather than these delays. I actually, I actually really, I'd rather have no delay like the the ent entry to exit delays i'd rather have those not exist honestly not a very elegant solution and it especially is annoying in planetary conquest matches or even faction warfare matches where you know everyone you're playing with like you know you may yeah he actually posted about that um not on this board i think but on the community board he actually said uh uh do vehicle locks or like he, he just said vehicle locks he said it was is very is very very vague. It was basically implement vehicle locks, and it had squad platoon team. Yeah, so, I mean, I what? specifically, I specifically hate any notion of vehicle locks in PC. I think they should be just gone uh, from PC. Well, the, and, time, the the entrance delays, anyways. The entrance delays from from pubs. I only think it should be locking. Um, like the lock should expire the moment you get in it because I've, sp I feel so terrible every time I call in a lav and at the beginning of a match and I can't help bring other people with me because I don't want to sit there for 15 seconds. It's, it's, there's, there's no reason for that. Yeah. And a lot of players, you can tell players are thinking that there's something wrong with the game. You can just tell, right. yes. you can just tell the new player to sit there jumping there. at it, trying to run around it. It's, it's just, there's, as soon as you get in it, there's no reason for it to stay locked. If you get back out of it, that's your own dumb fault. And like, now on the, on the other side of things, I would say that when it when you leave a vehicle, it should relock for you know a period of time. Well, they just instead of a period of time, they just need a a, a simple and elegant way to lock the driver's seat to a ve of a vehicle. Well, I don't think it should be locked to that that person. I think it, I think, but it has to be at least locked to the squad. At a minimum, and and, and he actually I, I, specifically. I disagree. Why 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 can an enemy hack and take my vehicle, but a friendly player can't use it? No, right. But the enemy has to sit there and then like go through a hack cycle. Okay, so so then should friendlies be able to hack a vehicle and take it? I I don't really care. I just think I think my point is that, that I can well, kill an enemy. I can I will, kill I will a friendly unless you, you're in you, the I will quote for you what Rattati said. This is this is a much bigger issue in pubs when people keep stealing my lav. That's obvious. Well, that is really the problem. Like the tank no, is not really so not. much of a problem, but the lav is the problem because that's what you want to move. That's the that's the vehicle that is actually somewhat designed it's, for you to get out of and then do something, get back into it. Yeah, especially the dropship and the tank are not designed that way. Like uh, LAV, I'm driving. You know, I ride up. I mean, I even take. We'll take two people over to an objective, and I'll. Ha you know, we all hop out and go hack it, and then some random person will jump in and drive the LAV off to a random direction. And then you just call on another lap. But I see the thing is with your some people they're not free. Uh, but but yeah also, yeah the, the, they're like you know fifty k a pop for some people. Not everybody has a BPO. And I'd like the LEVs to actually be you know useful at some point. You can actually fit them to do something rather than just throw away BPOs. I, I think that's actually one of the reasons why you yeah that, I mean I think you're right, Pokey. One of the reasons that people don't actually spend time or really the effort to fit them um, is because they know it's like the minute they leave it, it it's a sunk cost. It's gone. Yeah, and that's wrong. I mean, to kind of address what you said, Zell, I think that if the person trying to get in the driver's seat or someone hacks your vehicle, 
and they can't they don't have the skills to to actually pilot it they shouldn't be able to pilot it i mean I it doesn't make sense disagree okay so of course I you do to, i i have to train skills to pilot an hav but if someone who has no skills in hav hacks it they can pilot it just fine you have to skill to fit but you know that's my question really really <laughs> Like, like, no, like, so, like, honestly, it's already like, fit. It's on. It's sitting on the battlefield. No, no. no. Okay, okay so there's, there's a thing called HEV operation. It's used to, to actually pilot HEVs. It's the skill that you probably haven't trained, but I, I have a few points in it. And um, yeah, I, I, I put some SP into it so I could pilot vehicles now. Is that SP allowing me to pilot it, or is it just allowing me to take the phone call to call it in, but I don't really need it to actually pilot it? I mean, an eight-year-old can jump in, jump in a car and push down the gas pedal, and it goes. All right, so no, it's not a car. No, room. All right, guys, hold on. Let me let me let me ask a question. Okay, but if we went with that logic, Zell, then I really want to be able to pick up any proto rifle and use it, like without putting the skill into it. That's that's literally that's literally well, the is your suit. The your suit is integrated with the gun. And your suit wouldn't be integrated with the vehicle. It's not. If you had a pilot suit, maybe. But we don't have pilot suits, that, so, okay, so right. we had this you've, discussion on Skype you've, already. You've but... kind of gone nuts already on this one. Yes, <laughs> yeah. like, uh, here, this is I'm, I'm the lore nut around here, again. and I have to disagree with Zell. And wh why do you disagree with Zell? I, I just wonder. Because the same interfaces that probably lets us talk to our rifles is probably the same interfaces that lets us talk to our vehicles, probably through the hand grips or something. Yep. That's why I was thinking you were going to say something on the. I don't know. Doesn't it have to, like? Doesn't like the lab have just like an instrument panel? No, every, that, every that's doesn't. for non-immortal people. Most of our vehicles are still dual purpose. Hey, when you look over at somebody when they're driving an LAV, their arms do not move. That's just that's just because CCP doesn't have like animation. <laughs> <laughs> um, it there was damn I can't remember the idea called, of thought, but there was a thought um, controlling my vehicles. <laughs> There was a story about some merc that got lost. I can't remember what it was, but he, Balak. He, yeah, Balak. That's what it was. When as soon as he touched the um, wheel of the Mithena, if I remember correctly, it's like he connected to it or something. So, yeah, there is some integration to it between the suit and the lab that's already been established. So, um, that that's kind of ridiculous for you to say that there isn't when. Sorry, been shown that it is. Also, why do I have to um skill in say proto turrets, proto modules, and everything just to fit it and um launch it when you can just hop into it? Why can't I just use them? Oh, well, we could probably Strap do it like Ave does. Uh, when you hop into something that has stuff on it, yeah, you're not skilled yeah, for it. Just offlines it. Oh, that's yeah, exactly. let's do that. Like, oh, that's reasonable. Well, and and the the case in point is like there a guy, God, this is a while ago, but I remember it really distinctly. This I was in a play, I was guarding a, an objective. This tank couldn't get to me, uh, so he hopped out in his heavy suit, and I like absolutely just face blasted him coming around the corner. So I ran over to his tank. I hopped in. I didn't even think about this. Hopped in his tank. He had that thing all protoed out. I mean, there was like modules in there. I didn't know what the fuck they were doing. But I had not a single S. I have not one SP into anything with a tank. There should have been no way that I should have, you know, been able to do anything but perhaps the most basic of of movements with that thing. Uh, so I, I, I think that's where I come come down on it is a, if you can do that with a tank, but we we can't do that with like a rifle, which is ridiculous. I mean, that, that, there's got to be some level of synchronization or parity there. 
And I think it's fine that if I have tanks maxed out and I can pilot everything and use all the modules and whatnot and I kill a guy and hack his vehicle, then yeah, you should be able to to, to drive away with that thing. But I don't Absolutely. understand why you don't have to spend SP to pilot something that someone else has invested a shitload of time into because you took the, you know, what, 10 seconds to hack it. Something I wish that they had, though, is when you hack a vehicle and then if you you can recall the vehicle and when you recall it, it goes into your inventory. That would be amazing. That would be pretty cool. Actually. I would yeah, love that's reasonable. I would, that would be I would cool, but I, I don't see the point in doing vehicle, that. Hacked vehicles. Except for, like, scrap. I don't really see I, the point in doing like that. I would like to eat people's vehicles for money. I would do that. I would love a That's really minute. the only point I see in doing that. Not only that, no, you can also no, it, like you it's, ex- it's examine someone's it's, fit. It's like another dropship. <laughs> it's it's instead of buying one, you just got one for free, and you. I mean, that's. I would rather get that than a fucking rifle or a drop suit. No, I'm just saying, like, as far as an unskilled person getting a prototyped out vehicle, I don't see the point in doing that unless they're going to sell it. No, yeah, but that's no that, different. That than, is the that's whole no point. different than getting like a Balak AR that you can't use. Sure. So here's a kind of a tangential thought. Um, what if you could hack a vehicle while a person's still in it, except if they were wearing a pilot suit? Absolutely of, not. It, that would be no, terrible. No, actually, no, that would actually be pretty cool. That's how a lot of games actually work. Like that's, that's, that's punishment hacking. for standing still too long. <laughs> yeah, the, games, the, the games point that there be games, they that there that be a. Um, I mean that that's. I wouldn't know if I'd, I'd go and just say call it hacking, but. You know, a particular notion for me is that there's no way, um, you know, if you're an infantry suit with an assault rifle, for you to contend with a tank that's trying to kill you. Um, whereas, like, if you look at a game like, again, Titanfall, which I think is the greatest uh, vehicle-anti-vehicle balance example ever. Of course um, you do. You can actually, you know, climb on top of a Titan and rip open a panel and literally kill it with your handgun because you, you, you know, are shooting up the internal circuitry. And, yes, you know, it, takes a, it yeah. takes a while and, you, you know, it's got a whole animation to it and you're pretty vulnerable and easy to shoot off. But, you know, it, it takes everyone upwards has... to like 10 seconds to do. Well, and, awesome. and seeing as though there's hardly anybody shooting at you in that game as far as I saw... When I played it, um, it, it seemed pretty um, OP for well, the every, anti. Everyone in that game has an infantry weapon, an anti, uh, an anti-Titan weapon. They can call their own Titans, and they can kill a Titan with the infi- with if they if they rodeo it like that. So there, everything has a proper counter. Yeah, but they're also getting free titans every three minutes or so, which is not yeah. how it is. I don't us. care. I mean, they can, if 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 they can actually if they actually put vehicle balance in, you can have free tanks. I really don't care. They're OP. If well, you make but, them not OP, I wait, don't care wait, how much wait, they wait, come. Wait, 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 hold up. Did you just say that HEVs right now OP? Relatively, from so don't, from don't, a, don't even start there. I'm not in the mood tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I just got tickled. No, I mean, uh, you obviously can't have free tanks hopping, popping out of the sky. That kind of disrupts the whole, you know, risk-reward balance of the game. Let's but go I, I back to replication. Saying. Remember those HAV mounts? My, my point yes. is they can be cheap <laughs> as long as they're, they die like they're, they should be. Yeah, but that also doesn't isn't very fun as well if you're getting blown up every, you know, five seconds. So wait, wait, well, it's, now, it's a... now, that, now you might understand a little bit of the infantry experience then. Well, we're also a bigger, easier target to hit, so there's there's some of that, but no, I'm not going to get into that. So, um, just to um, clarify to you, uh, pilots don't 
want to exactly be destroyed every um, like five seconds or less. That that's why we don't play infantry as much as we do vehicles. We like the um, longer term uh, combat. Yes, you like being OP. I understand that. No, I, I never said that I liked being OP. I liked to um, have a longer term combat. As in, I don't like dying in five seconds or less. I like having a, a extended battle with anything that I'm fighting against, whether it be an AV trying to wear me down, scare me away, or outright kill but me. But the problem or is the, you can a, kill the AV in one hit, is the problem. Well, if the AV was smart enough to um, dodge my shots and be in a position where I can't exactly hit them, then that's a non-issue on their part. It's There's an issue when it's several hits that that they need to get perfectly right and you can just hit them once, and you're done. I, I, I got it. I, I desperately don't want to get into this, but you keep sucking me into this with your, with like the, the, my absolute inability to understand your logic. I, I and I'm, I'm on it. I'm legitimately not like poking at you. I'm like, what you're describing to me sounds like an absolutely logical and perfect trade-off of somebody in a tank versus somebody in a suit. And and I, I cannot for the life of me understand why you don't go for that, or why why that doesn't like at least why you why you don't see other, the other people have a valid point when they lay that out. I mean, why would I want to use a tank if I'm going to die as easily as a drop suit? What's the point? I'll just use a drop suit then. Right. So the point is is. You're you want using it because you want to be OP. No. no. The, the idea is that ideally you'd want it so the average ex- ex- expenditure for a, an AD no, pilot... No, 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 no. no. You cannot, as soon as you mention ISK before, when you, in the discussion of balance, you've already failed. You cannot balance on ISK cost. You should never, Zell. ever be able to pay ISK to be Zell. OP. That wasn't his point. To, to tell, me, tell me for a second, why would I ever use a tank if it is just as easy to kill a drop suit as it is a tank? Well, there is therein lies the problem. Vehicles have, have if have have no role. There's no reason to use them except for the fact that they are indeed overpowered. Okay, and what role would you have them do? You need some sort of structures to deal with. Is you need artillery that sort of need not you because if you only you can't the the way they're designed if they're they're inherently OP against infantry, but. If they don't have an, if there isn't a role that encounters infantry, then they have, then there's no purpose for either team to call vehicles. So they need something else. They need an actual game mechanic of their own. Vehicles should be a game in itself. There should be infantry protecting vehicles, and vehicles having, you know, to have a a another way to affect the battlefield. Well, I would encourage you to go and actually read the, the vehicle balance threads in the forums because there's been a lot of discussion on there and uh, educate yourself on, on what's going on. Yep, because if you believe that, then all you have to do is just look at um, what we've been talking about for the last, I don't know, month or month, month and, and a half. half. Yeah. yeah, and you would see that we've been saying that and we've also been articulating how we should go about doing those things while keeping vehicle combat the way we want as a long-term sort of combat deal. It's quite literally a point of you don't know what we've been talking about or how we feel about things sort of deal, you know? 
Oh, that was that was it. That's all I wanted to say. You you can say something now. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on, Jay. Yep, good call. Okay, somebody else pick a random hot topic that we can like dance around lightly well, and have, pretend, have, we pretend that we're all. We haven't we talked about the war barges, barges at all. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'm True. Sorry. I, I couldn't, I couldn't understand what all you guys were saying. This expansion, yeah, there's this expansion called uh, Warlords that's coming. We, we, we haven't actually yeah, we haven't, actually haven't mentioned the the expansion much yet. Is 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 warlord like I gotta ask? Is a warlord as the more I read about it, it sounds suspiciously like an old like Icelandic term for wannabe Planet Side Two on PS4. Is that is that what it sounds like to you? It's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> um, you know, I find the um, title of um, both expansions to be kind of amusing. Because looking back at Uprising, we kind of had a, um, a uprising with the developers. We constantly argued with them about things, and we constantly argued amongst ourselves about things. Uh, and then we led to a sort of kind of a resolution and a build up to new stuff. We're becoming sort of these warlords, you know. I find it kind of interesting. All hail the scrub lords, or in yeah, my case, the fish lord. <laughs> I, I almost kind of wonder if if Ritani or at least CCP and the development team have kind of a, a general idea where they want to take the overarching story of what's going on. I mean, they, yeah, they've obviously presented this as you know this is the the next step in in what happened because of the uprising. So you know what's next. I think that that'd be kind of cool for the the lore fanatics out there. Um, I think that in. Seeing as though we came to a resolution of the uprising, uh, yeah, I'm going to stick with that, by the way. Uh, we're, we're going to see sort of more of a structured environment because thinking about it, um, Warlords has a, a connotation of going back to the um, old ages of like the feudal ages in Europe or Japan where there was a whole bunch of warlords, right? And then over time, they started coming together and together and making these large empires. Maybe we'll see sort of things like that going through Warlords. So when, yeah, when can we start I don't know. renting out Nullsec? Yeah, I, I was about to say. I, I we think, never know. We might I, see something like that. I, I honestly think Warlord, if you, if go down, I, I truly understand where you're coming from. I would also say that that definition or thought process, while probably. I'm just spitballing here. I think while it's intended to be very positive, to, in, a, in a small way, is a little bit of a shot because that's 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 really because if you want to be a warlord, you kind of need to have like a stake in in the New Eden universe, and we don't, and that's the real deal. We're not going to own anything. There's we're oh, not, I completely like, understand no owning that. I'm just saying that in our sort of space that we might become sort of a more structured environment over time. I'm not I, saying that we're getting into the big stuff. I'm just well, saying that environment, environment, it makes, by the way. You know, and I'm just whole, spitballing here. I don't really know. Well, if in the context that you know, Rotati wanted to focus on planetary conquest, I think the idea of warlords definitely does make sense. I mean, because if we're expanding this, you know, how um, all this works, you know, with planetary conquest, you know, raiding and all these other things that have been indicated, um, even potentially uh, this, even this year, potentially having uh, uh, districts make stuff for Eve um, off of the 
the the land in Molten Heath, I mean, you definitely can get a sense of that whole warlord kind of thing. Like, you're actually controlling territory, and you're controlling territory for a purpose. Because it seems one of the initiatives as well is to actually bring back uh, wealth generation to the districts, uh, which they've needed that for a long time. Active wealth generation, mind you. Um, uh, I think nobody really wants to see a return of any kind of passive wealth Oh, there's some people on the farm to do. Well, there's yeah. always going to be someone who... See, the thing is, they think that pass. I think in a lot of cases, they think that passive ISK is the only way that districts could actually generate wealth. But now that we have, you know, command points and potentially and, um, um, you know, uh, whether, you know, the if the districts are making resources and all these sorts of things, uh, we actually end up with a, an environment where districts ownership can be actually quite valuable and lucrative. Well, what's nice about that is that if you have it resource-based, then the advantage of owning districts sort of remains within the PC sphere of gameplay. You don't have massive, you know, clumps of ISK going into people's pockets and then ending up in pub matches where you have ridiculous, you know, amounts of proto-stomping and, and kind of degrading a lot of the, the newer player experience that are going to be primarily focused on the pub matches, where if you have it resource-based, you can keep it, you know, more towards perpetuating the war in pc rather than just you know sit on your your you know uh, money tree and and you know probably stop the shit out of pub matches well i think part of the problem there it lied with um the fact that you couldn't pc 24 7 you really couldn't i mean with the the uh, 24 hour waits and stuff like that you know if rating is a more immediate way of getting pc gameplay and then if also like they're saying uh, introducing team deploy uh, through platoons to faction warfare and potentially adding isk rewards to faction warfare as well i think um if you have all these things where the rewards continue to scale up as you get further down the rabbit hole um you have less and less uh reason to actually go into pubs and grind out sp and isk you know it you're better off with your time if you're a more veteran player doing things in faction warfare and in planetary conquest and that sort of thing. Um, I think that's something that's actually going to be more effective at corralling any kind of wealth into the higher end game modes in terms of not affecting the uh, starter kind of matches, so to speak. Um, just before I forget, um, oh shit, damn it, I already forgot. Ah! hate when that happens i forget stuff a lot. maybe it'll eventually come back to you yeah it might might not who knows it was something good though that's all i remember about it well to me probably the most interesting thing about the war barges that are coming out with the warlords is the fact that we're actually going to be able to start manufacturing items uh for oh, ourselves shit. it came back to me okay um uh about the war barge thing with manufacturing um I have a problem with that because seeing as though you get the resources from planets, right? How How is the rating going to work with the resources? That's my problem with that. There's a There's been so much debate on how rating could work, and I think it's really going to depend on how certain subsystems land because, uh, I mean, it sounded like in the thread, Rattati was kind of leaning towards using the MCC mechanic instead of clone count. And, um, you know, right now, uh, and but at the same time, he was talking about uh, using command points to sell off clones, of course. Now, the thing is, if if there's a hybrid system that comes into play where maybe MCC count is 
how you gauge ownership and or how many attacks you can make. And maybe the clones themselves are a source of wealth generation. Um, I could see raiding um, affecting not only daily production, but um, you could actually see raiding impacting clone reserves as well. Um, I think in order to keep raiding in check in terms of risk versus reward and also kind of getting that low stakes gameplay, you need raiding to be about um, stealing wealth, but not necessarily challenging the ownership position of a district. Um, that's not necessarily what I was um, getting at. I was saying, seeing as though um, you would manufacture stuff in the war barge and the resources are generated from the districts, um, why would you need a district? You could just raid all the time. That's well, what's depend- the point of having the district it depends on uh it depends on how you balance i think the command point expenditure the thing is if for every unit of resource it ends up being more expensive in terms of command points to raid and also i think you need to probably require raiding to include expending an mcc or a clone pack of that or something of that nature see i think raiding should be very very cheap well, the thing is, if the if the clone packs and MCCs are generated through command points and no longer through ISK, and if you're not expending ISK, you're just expending in terms of mission completions and that sort of thing, um, I think it still ends up making it a low-risk, um, low-reward kind of scenario. Uh, you just have to balance it. You have to balance it in terms of what can you get out of it. The problem is if you make it to where it's just a command point expenditure for rating, um, it means that you could actually saturate the entire field with rating, and you really want there to be some kind of limit on it, um, whether it be a, uh, was it corporate command, as they call it? And say the corporate command can only store five clone packs at a time, or five MCCs, what have you. Um, you know, I think that would be something that's a the logical um kind of extrapolation of that system and then not only that if you think about it in that in terms of that um districts themselves um you actually would have to use uh clones and or an mcc to attack for a raid that means that in order to raid you would need to potentially weaken your ownership position in order to execute a raid um a thing is if you make the raids too low cost then you end up with um too high of a saturation you need it to be there needs to be a balance in terms of because the thing is if you make it uh just cost cp you're going to have people who own districts and they're going to also be raiding all the time as well I, i think they should be yeah, yeah, I think they should too. Because that I should mean, I mean that should be what what I, I honestly I think either engaging in raids and defending raids should be like the the, the dominant activity and in the in the game. And, 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 I, I and think you should have people it, capturing when they feel like they need you know they even need if, to change the balance. Even if you limit it to by via MCC or clone pack stuff, you still could have that be the primary way of executing attacks. But you don't want it to be the best way, hands down, to actually gain resources. Well, no, I mean, I, th- I think what it should be is that you should, you know, for for the time you expend in 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 raiding or defend versus defending your district, um, defending your district should be it should produce more resources. But you should like so you should have a certain amount of resources that you get all the time when you have a district, as long as it's being actively played on that can't be rated that's you know that's kind of that that bonus for actually being the side that's defending it and then you would have the the resources that could be rated and maybe it could be gradual so the 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 more that you're the better you're defending it the more of your resources you keep 
something like that. Um, yeah. And the the thing that you want is you want ev- these raids to be frequent because you want people to have to defend their districts even when they're not fighting for conquest, and you want um, you want a lot of activity so that it, it it keeps things flowing. And I think that you should have like you know if if your corp is on you know maybe you know you've got a team one hour a day so maybe you have have a district um and you put your timer for for fights at that hour and then maybe you spend you know the and it turns out that a lot of days you have people on for like two hours after and an hour before so maybe you'd spend those hours rating and so you would you know you'd have this this mix-up of activity that you could go and do when you had time yeah sure but i think that you're gonna have to have some kind of gating mechanic in addition to the command point structure um in order to to you just you want it to be common, but you don't want it to be so common that it becomes superfluous in terms of executing a raid. There needs to be a risk. There needs to be a reward. And if the risk is just the command points, I think you're going to end up with too low of a risk in terms of whatever you know, in terms of gating what rewards you might actually get out of it. Because not only that, I mean, you have you probably need there's going to be no show mechanics that need to be worked in anyways but you know you need to have something you need to have something at, of of value put up on the on the wager to say this to say the point um something i think also i mean if resources actually get put into the districts i think there's a lot of ways to go about rating to make it to make it really effective um one of them being um you know you manage you like you only can have you know, your cup can only fill up so much in terms of uh, resources and you actively extracting, actively extracting those resources. That way you end up with active wealth generation as well. And then when you extract those resources, have it to where um, if you initiate an extraction match of some sort, then uh, players can come in and interdict, you know, and basically interrupt your extraction. Or if you're not managing your district properly and you're allowing the resources to stack too high on a district, then it actually opens it up to someone directly raiding your district and stealing the resources that you haven't been actively managing. Um. Just um, the uh, idea of having it to where you have to start a match of some sort, I don't really like that idea as that's it, it doesn't really make any sense to me. It's like, why would you have to start a match even if someone might not even show up? What's the point of even doing that? Well, the thing is, you can gate it pretty easily to where even you open it up to... Uh you make it wider and wider as the time goes on. So you can even make it to where it's open up to public, uh, public players joining into the match. Um, Cause of that way you want the resources to be actively generated. And, but you also, I, I hear what you're saying. You, at the same time, you want to guarantee the fact that there are people are going to show up on the other side as much as possible. Uh, I would say that there would be some sort of short, timer where it cycles and then someone could like initiate an attack you would have a certain time to respond to it somewhat like a pc match and like now and then it would go along the lines of that also i don't see it being a skirmish match because that just doesn't make any sense i would like for there to be a new game mode for raiding since it has to do with resources. Yeah, but, but you, that's just you'd need like a new game modes period in this game. I mean that like the, the bottom line is like skirmish is kind of the go-to for everything right now because it's the only thing that's 
truly objective-based in the game. I mean, trust me, I'm all with you about new game modes, but we just need new game modes, kind of, period. Yeah, yeah I, think- I know. Like, FW, I wish that that would be sort of like it is in um, EVE, where you would have um, capture points, right? And then you would hold them for a certain amount of time, and then uh, there would be a central point that would finally unlock for whatever side has it, and then so people could just go and attack that one. Those yes. uh, small 1.0. points would be sort of like uh, matches, and then say by like say Kaldari owns a district, right? There would be matches going through all through the day where you could just capture those points, and then like by the end of the day, that main part of the district could unlock and. There would be something sort of lines of say skirmish 1.0 as you pointed out where Galante could just rush in and attack it and then yeah. maybe claim it as their own district. I think probably right now something that CCP has talked previously about um, that would probably be the most promising for a new game mode, especially in some kind of raiding resource mode, would probably be, um, uh, I think the way it was called on the crowdsourcing trailer board is Domination Roulette. So basically, it's king of the hill, but the point rotates throughout the map. So it'll be, okay, so the point spawns here, and then, like, you know, it's active, and you defend it for a moment, and then it switches off to another or, point. like, for the raid? But that's mm-hmm. just a variation of a variation would, of skirmish. And I, that, eh. I would that's, actually like a variation of capture the flag. So yeah, like that's you, what I you, was thinking. When I you, was thinking when you get the, the point, line. like, you, you actually have to carry something back to your red line. And I mean, and it's as many times as you can ferry, you know, the quote-unquote flag from however many points are out there. That equals how much resources or isk that you walk away from. The only deal. I, I was thinking on the lines of you have to load something into a vehicle and then move it along the line, uh, move it. But whatever, I was thinking capture the flag as well. Yeah, capture the flag would be probably a, fin- a very interesting and dynamic game mode to have. It just depends on whether or not the devs have actually put any resources into it. Um, you know, and I'm pretty sure we can all guess the answer to that question. Yeah, no. And game modes are by far by far one of the most expensive things that they can actually make. Yeah, in terms of dev time. So if they if they have I mean they've talked about the whole domination roulette thing before, so maybe if they've actually put some stuff behind it, who knows? I don't know. Maybe they have. Maybe they haven't. But um, I don't know. I think it could work if like if that ends up being a low cost way of getting a new game mode in. I think it could still work. I mean, a it's lot not of really people, a new game mode though, which is the problem. Well, you know, I, the thing is, if it's objective based gameplay, it's an objective based gameplay at the end of the day. Um, but, you know, I still think that one of the downsides to Domination is the fact that it's very much who gets set up first, you know? So if it can be an improvement to that by having it to where, you know, it changes throughout the match, you end up, I think, in a better place because you can have it to where, okay, you're set up here. Okay, now have to, you have to switch and go over this way. And only that, it kind of trains you a bit in some of the dynamics needed in PC because one of the most important parts in PC is definitely transitioning from objective to objective. Um, and if you have a rotating point, um, it kind of goes through the motions that you need in a PC match, but um, in kind of a more controlled uh, method. Well, and that's kind of what pub matches should do is train you how to play the higher end game modes like PC and Fact War. So I think that 
introducing game uh, game modes that actually you know like you said teach you those mechanics of transitioning from one objective to another or knowing how to set up around a certain point and defending it properly are, are really good things that they should definitely touch on honestly i think that um modes such as the domination roulette skirmish and everything would be good for pub matches sort of as a training method as you guys were pointing out i just don't think that those sort of things are appropriate for higher end gameplays those should be more of a team oriented sort of thing and more um strategy and skill based which is why i don't really think that those really make sense for fact war or pc it's just a um it doesn't make sense to me sort of thing it it could be those things it's just it, it seems lazy to me. I don't think it's a matter of lazy. I think it's just a matter of they, like, we, well, here's the thing. Like, I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they do have enough horsepower to turn that kind of shit. Like, that's that's kind of the the thing. All speculating on all this is very difficult because we 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 really don't know what they can and can't do. They may not know what they can and can't do, and, and that is that puts everybody in a very awkward position to try to offer feedback to them because you know. I'm I'm reasonably certain that most people that are trying to give honest feedback would try and give feedback that is actually practical for for them to execute, but nobody really knows, and CCP certainly is not going to try to define that publicly for us. The interesting, yeah, I, I I think that saying that it, it's kind of lazy wasn't really the right wording for it. I I was just thinking that it, it's not adequate enough. I get that they couldn't possibly do those things but i would like to see those things as um sort of the thing that they would go with because that just seems like it would be a, a sort of higher order thinking or something i don't know the thing the interesting thing though is new game modes ha- is something that has popped up on the roadmap for 1.1 really mm-hmm. that's just wonderful go tidy go so I mean, so the maybe I think that's some good feedback though is like we knowing what's actually possible for CCP to do in that kind of vein would probably help get more focused feedback in terms of what kind of game mode would people like to see, what would be uh, effective in terms of you know providing something. The only pro the only thing is we always have to think about currently right now in terms of our population we can only host. You know, even with at the peak hours between 40 and 100 matches. Wait, 40 to 100 matches per hour? At any given time, there can only be 40 to 100 matches going at any one time. Oh, I see. Okay. Oh, it makes it sound better than Call of Duty's Advanced Warfare during, um, during my play times. <laughs> then again, it, then I'm again, assuming it may that's be, on um, PC. Yeah, not on a PC. Because I'm, well, one thing I'm also assuming it's um, region locking me. So that people that are playing, enjoying the game elsewhere in the country are having have enjoyable um, connection rates. But when I play, I can go down the entire playlist of all the different game types I have, and at best find one or two games. Thing is, the more that's you... serious. Well, the yep. More... The biggest thing with with Call of Duty is that Call of Duty uses um, a client host model. So the like they pick a PS, they pick a, a PC or PS4 or, or Xbox One or whatever, and that 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 particular user has zero lag and is the host for everyone else because um, Kyle, not not exactly. Sometimes the host gets all the lag. 
that that I, not to my experience, but I mean, I haven't played in a couple of years because Call of Duty sucks. Um, Everybody can but, agree with that, I think. Um, but I mean, the, the issue is, is that they they cheap out and they don't have like a central server you connect to, so they have to be much iffier on who they they um, you know allow to connect to a to a match. Yeah, there's there's has been um host side on um, cheats before done in the past. Oh, there's and, there's so many of of the cheats for Call of Duty. It's not even funny. They haven't changed their game engine in a couple of years either. So it's a like couple a couple yeah, yeah like a decade. Um, yeah, there you go. So so the issue is too is that any hacks that worked for the previous games work for the new ones too, and they switch to at least on PC they switch from Punkbuster, which worked pretty well quite a while ago. To uh, Valve Anti Cheat, which um, you know works okay, but they're the way they do it is they just monitor it, and then every like several months they ban people, so people get away with it for a very very long time on Call of Duty. Uh, they just no, they the just right had another round of uh, bans for reverse boosters. Reverse boosting, if you don't know about it, would be um um taking your matchmaking score and trying to personally make it go as low as possible. What? Oh, to make it. To give you easier, oh, ma- yeah, easier matchmaking. Like, right. What are you talking yeah. about? What? So you play really crappy for a long for a long duration of time. So then you can just mop up people for a duration of time. That sounds retarded, but okay. But people do it. Yeah, like, there's no people... bots. There's no bots doing it. They just sit there and just suicide all, all match long. I mean, but uh, um, Punkbuster worked a lot. Punkbuster worked a lot better than DAC did does um punkbuster would kick you directly when they thought you like immediately from the game if they thought you were cheating um what was the game that was um what was the game that once they caught you cheating they put you in like a, a cheater's bracket so you could only play with other cheaters that might have been a call of duty game no that was grand yeah grand theft auto yep okay except it wasn't um, just cheaters was it was also wonderful. people who were mean to other players yeah that was stupid <laughs> that was like sir really really do you realize what game you're coding for? Uh, okay. And the thing is, uh, most of the cheaters didn't care either, so it's like... Yeah, let's play with some cheaters, bro. Cause it, can we, uh, if we can move on, I've got some like thoughts on the like, the Warbarge subsystems I'm kind of curious it, about. Go ahead and hit yeah, it up. Go ahead. What, I, sure. what I would like to do is uh, let's... Let we're just kind of spiraling out here, so... Yeah, no, I'm, I'm trying to rein this shit back in, so we're going to land this airplane in a minute. The, uh, <laughs> Let's well, do it. Jadik, if you can lead us through this one for a little bit, Land and then what we'll do is we'll... Uh, I'll Once I think we've terminated the discussion, we'll uh, we'll go ahead and move straight into shout-outs so that I can go back to drinking some sort of alcohol and looking for a dog to kick. Sweet. All right, well, I mean, with, with Warbarge subsystems, I think you're getting 14 components altogether you can fit to your, your Warbarge. Am I correct in that? Uh, five for the first release, but whatever the higher limit is, is whatever um, game design th- thinks that they need to get it to. So it could be a larger number in the future. It's 14 okay. in total. Are you able to stack multiples of the same type? Not at the moment. Okay. So like you couldn't say like get the like the war barge component maker buy a bunch of those for ore and then kind of set yourself up early on. And no, and I also believe that you won't be able to bypass the cooldown on the build if design hasn't changed from the conversation with CCP Rotati. Basically, when you buy upgrade a war barge component, um, it goes on cooldown. You'll get the bonus immediately, but you cannot do anything else to that component until the cooldown wears off. Okay. And like, what's the like the scaling time on that? Do you have an idea? 
We did not see the design notes on that, so we're all gonna have to find it on patch day. Because yeah, I'm kind of kind of feeling like uh, like what it takes to get to level 15 in your loyalty ranks might be for the same for you to level 10 in your war barge. That would be ridiculous. That would be. I would but slap the toddy. If you I think I, we'll we'll find out come the third. But wait, what? If if what I had to make. If I had to make a guess, it should last you until at least the next expand, uh, an X point patch. Okay. So if, I, if I had to make a random guess, I mean, so bear in mind that you know Ritati wants to to add more modules and expand the system further in the future, and if you're still chugging through your first, uh, you know, your first set of modules, it's it's not going to be very exciting to get new stuff later. <laughs> yeah, and can they be destroyed? Is that on the table at all, or? No. Once you, okay. That would suck. So it's not like that's <laughs> not like something like like war barge rating that they've got considered or. Well, that rating a war barge could be put on a table, but it's we're not talking about permanent destruction here ever. Um, um, because there it's a it's a metaphysical extension. War barge rating is actually something that they put on the um, the roadmap. How large are these things? That's what my question is. Uh, initial estimates puts them around a kilometer long, at least the size of a large battleship or small, small capital ship. What the fuck? Really? Yeah. <laughs> why, why? Like, why? how did we come up with that? Like, I don't know. Like, where that, did that fucking logic that, come that, from? That, that drawing and picture does not seem like it seems more like a cruiser or something. I don't yeah. know. I, I, I was thinking more like a I initially thought it was about the size of a battle cruiser to to a large cruiser, but then when um. We are talking about, well, MCCs are supposed to fit in that larger bay there, and it's like, okay, MCC is about the size of a, a large destroyer, and wait, we started doing the measurements the out. Cur- the current pictures... MCCs are not the size of a large destroyer. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, uh, they're about 120 meters long. Destroyers are about the same size. They're not in our game. Yes, yeah, they are. In our yeah, game. Not. In our game, they're about 120 meters long. No, they're not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, they're not, dude. I've measured one before. With what? Your fucking calibrated eyeball? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I actually put a um, command order on the bot, like, from the very first back of the MCC that I could. I just walked along the MCC until I saw that I couldn't walk anymore. Just measured out what it was. Let, let me put it this way. See, look at the video CCP put out that actually showed the two scale Eve ship models, and it gives you like the size of the ships. Mm-hmm. Um, like most frigates are like the size of a you know, like a seven oh seven or like you know like a, a large aircraft. Some of them are roughly about the same size as the MCC. So I would suspect that there's a lot of like fucking lore food that is. And its style is not so good uh, because the numbers are all kinds of whacked out based on the actual size it is in game. It's it's ridiculous. Um, and we're all no. getting them. Uh, maybe that, <laughs> yeah. bay is, that maybe that bay is for a shuttle and not an MCC because I just don't see the like my mind not is not the, the smaller one is for that a would shuttle. be retarded though. Yeah, that's it was there's, there's two there's two bays on the on the ship. There's like the person, the personal barge, like and like I don't know. I just really imagine that there's a personal barge, and then there's like what we're gonna have the, later down the, the line. The easy answer to all of this, frankly, would have been. I, I honestly think that they've made this a little bit too complex, or, or at least not complex, but really, it's more complicated than it needs to be. 
because the reality is that an individual mercenary would probably have something like a frigate or a cruiser, um, you know, some kind of like no, you know, known entity, but they, they probably didn't want to go with those kind of Eve ships because then that would lead people down the road of thinking that there's an actual linkage to, to Eve. Uh, but that's probably what an individual quote-unquote war barge would be. At best, it would be like a T1 hauler, like a wreath or something. And then like the corp one would be something more significant, probably about the size of an ore ship. Uh, but it would still be subcap class based on everything I've seen. Now, the big boy the big boy rules on this, all of this is when you actually have a cargo hold that matters with a, a real M3 limit, which then tells you how many tanks you can fit in your shit. That, that's it, like... All this is academic. All this is totally academic until somebody can say, like, until we ever get to the point where it's like, okay, so how many tanks versus how many dropships do I want to be able to deploy into this battle? Because here's how much cube they take, and this is what I can put in the cargo hold that's going down to the planet's surface. Like, that's that's the real deal. That's why I asked how big these things were going to be, because I was wondering, like, how many HAVs am I supposed to fit in my war barge exactly? That... Yeah, you just covered why I asked. I mean, but now, CCP or Tati also said these are metaphysical constructs. They're not real ones, quote-unquote, yet. Um, cool. Yet. I can cool. imagine that I have a pleasure hub in there, then. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Honestly, even, even, if it's a, even if it's the size of a cruiser, a, a cruiser in EVE is really damn big. True. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was thinking but... more of the lines of a destroyer. Yeah, even a destroyer is huge. Really? Uh, yeah, but um, that that's kind of what the size that you would need to like deploy vehicles and actually have a uh, vehicle storage and stuff. Let, let me put it this way: an, an MCC is probably somewhere the size of a large frigate, small destroyer. Well, it's probably definitely the size of a large frigate if you look at how the, the like their like beam length meters are. Yeah, creature's uh, pretty big. Um, beam wise yeah yeah right and that's the thing it, it's but so i don't i really don't get too hung up on the size and all that stuff because none of this really matters until they make you have a cargo hold which i actually would like down the road i think that would actually be pretty cool and this kind of goes to zell is i think if you want to if you want to put like some constraints on vehicles put like real constraints on vehicles like like if you're going into a pc match you got to pick how many and what type based on your like what you can bring down to the planet. Yeah, like a deck of cards. Yeah, yeah. and, and yeah, like I don't, nice. I don't know where RDVs come from. Do those things come from the MCC or do they come no, from? Um, the they're, war they're in the war barge. Um, yeah, they're in the you, war barge. If you're if you're in the war barge room for long enough to actually see them, you'll see them in the sides of the war barge room. Yeah, but I thought they were getting loaded into MCCs. No, they don't. MCCs no, are way too the small. The MCCs are really close to the ground, and the RDVs come from the sky. Yeah. Yeah, they spawn magically from the sky. Sure, I got that. <laughs> yes, they, they, come, cloaked, they come from space. They're cloaked, mind well, you. They don't magically yes, there's a, there's anything. There's a cloaking effect. There's a cloaking um, effect. Yeah, MCCs I, yeah. are way too small to stock up that many um, HAVs and such. I, I would, I would offer this. Then you know, to, and I'm to, this is like totally unlikely it will ever happen. But then what I would like is that instead of spawning a vehicle, you actually deploy in the vehicle. Like oh, if, you yes. want to, if you want Let's to be a vehicle go. pilot, you I'll deploy you deploy in the vehicle, and there's no like you know trick fuckery of getting into your dropship, jumping out, and then calling but, an RDV in and all it, that other stuff. But it's shit. brought but it's brought in by the RDV, and you're in it, and if you, it, it's shot down while it's hanging off the RDV, you die too. Absolutely. I feel for you. Yeah. 
<laughs> I like really I, feel yeah, for just, you. Just like I can shoot a half down that's hanging slung under an RDV now. Yeah, I feel for I'd you. I'd be okay with die, that. But, um, I mean, that, that would... Like, hey. To me, I like the idea of all these things. Like, I, I'm, I'm all in. I'm all what, in for that too. What I, I would what love I don't want, for that to happen. I, I mean, just generally the Warbarge stuff and, and the modules and how they're stacking all these subsystems. And I'm, I'm okay with all that. What I would really like, though, is if they would make, you know, make them not metaphysical, even if it's only in the dust sense. Um, oh, by the way, total non sequitur here, but I've been making the rounds on a couple different Eve podcasts. And um, the first thing that I get when I lay out like an update of what's going on in dust, like, nobody like not a single player has thrown a rock or been upset they were all very intensely interested because they want to know when can they build stuff when can they make stuff can they shoot our stuff down that like i think i think there is a little bit of a a myth built up around some some eve players feelings that you know dust should die in a fire absolutely there are some of them that, that think that way just like there's a lot of people that think eve should die in a fire but I would I would offer this. I would just posit to you this. Most of the players that that I've run into, like in the last two weeks while I was making the rounds on this, almost almost to a man and woman have said they don't have a problem with dust. They have a problem with it being done poorly, if that makes sense. And then the second thing they said is, you know, they were very excited about the war barges because they've also heard about war barges too, like two two fucking years ago. And they were very excited about like, oh, we'll do like, what does it take to build one? Are they're going to be BPOs, and, and I was like, no, it's kind of a war barge, but it's really more of a metaphysical thing, which is is really aggravating to say to people in Eve because there's no such thing as a metaphysical thing in Eve. So it's, you know, broadly, I, I I'm totally rat holing on this one, but I like a lot of these changes, but I would like them to be more real. And I would like them to be more real starting inside dust. And then maybe eventually down the road, they become real inside Eve. Now, do I ever think that's going to happen? Probably not. But uh, it is a nice thought. Uh, Definitely not overnight either. That's the other thing. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to take a couple of years for that to happen. It's absolutely not like they've had like five total years of development of the game to figure that shit out either. I mean, I totally could see it taking like another five years, you know. It's a shame, but it's true. Well, it's taken Eve to get a very a very long time to get where it is, too. By the way, I like to state that the Warbar Jark design that we see now is a generic ship, and not a wolf ship that belongs to any specific race. Yeah, I figured that out. Although I had someone argue with it's Kaldari, and it's like, no. What? It, it does that doesn't kinda, look like a Kaldari ship. It, it looks does kind of like look ship. Kaldari, though. I mean, I think if they had gone with a more brownish hue, you could have passed it off as an ore ship. I, I don't think, know. Yeah, that would have been it more. It looks or, more like or, a Warriors Legion ship than anything. There are plenty of great ore ships as well. <laughs> well, th- I mean, this also goes back to the to the simple fact that they really, they honestly could have taken T1 haulers, like T1 freighters, and and that would have been like the perfect war barge. Uh, and you could like slap a different skin on it or something like that. But I, I think it, I think they don't, they either don't want to or can't, can't for whatever reason, internal reason, have any more strong indications that there's a linkage between Dust and Eve right now. That wouldn't really make. I don't know. I'd feel kind of lame being like driving around an Iteron or, or a Badger or something. I don't know. Yeah. I'm I'm just gonna put it out there though that my wish my newest wish list I wish list item is I want war barge spinning 
<laughs> like and, even even have the yes, counter in yeah, there too. I want the yes. counter. I, I want the counter. I'll tell you what. When when they have drop suit spinning, then come talk to me. The whole model viewer thing just needs to be updated. Because you that, can that slowly spin it very very slowly. No, well, I just it just goes back spin. to needing like an ISIS like model for you know. Like what is it that Rouge and used to talk about, like a uh, like the little Iron Man dis- display for your drop suits? Iron Man, the is. Iron Man closet. Yeah, Which, I want again, that. Something I want that we that will never my, see. Um, I want that for my HAVs. That would be pretty sweet. Just like line them up. Yeah. Can we expect to see know, racial war barges in the future? If desire strong enough, who knows? I know people would totally throw down some ore for a racial war barge. I you want know, mine um, to look um, like a sin. It, like, about about when we have uh, uh, Amar tanks, you'll be able to get an Amar war barge. <laughs> oh, trust me, there's plenty wait, of people there chopping at the bed. Wait, model or the stats uh, recolor going to one? Well, I'm I mean, assume, there's, there's the flow like, racial variance coming, but people want the actual model because they're lore fanatics. Well, I th- I think you know it's I, i'm sitting here reflecting on this on this conversation because i'll probably start asking us to, to kind of roll in shout outs here and ultimately from start to finish in this in this episode of biomast what i think that we have all talked about are things that we were very excited about 18 to 24 months ago and as much as i want to uh, like i actually enjoy these conversations quite a bit and as much as i want to continue to be excited. I am incredibly um, like realist, you know, like I have the very sharp uh, overlay of what is and what can be provided, uh, you know, as a, you know, to a dust player, like IE a customer based on the track record that CCP Shanghai has put out over the length of their time, if you will. So I am, I really, I am excited by a lot of this discussion we've been having. I think these are all really cool things, but these are the exact same conversations that were being had a long time ago. And I would offer that dust as a whole is on much less stable footing now than it was when we were originally having these conversations. The PS3 is on much less stable footing now than when we were having those discussions a long time ago. The communication flow about what the what the desired end state for all these games could have been total bullshit back then, but they were they were at least putting things on the table that they thought would happen beyond you know like a couple months down the road. Uh, so I, I take all of this with a, a fairly significant grain of salt, um, if you will. But I, I think I think all of these discussions have been honestly really entertaining. Even when we, we totally disagree with each other and we poke fun, but the fact that we're entertained enough or interested enough in the, in the subject matter to have these type of fencing matches, I, I think speaks wonders for the potential of the, of the property of, you know, i.e. Dust, Legion, New Eden, whatever. Um, I just, I, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer, but there's always that voice in the back of my head that says, yes, and you've seen all this before. So, um, well, the, the big question is going to be, um, you know, is obviously we have a, a roadmap. We've had roadmaps before. It's going to come down to is it being delivered on, you know, and that's that's just going to be something we're going to see with time. So far, yeah. so so far, so good. We have been sticking to the roadmap. Um, 
I just like to ask a question. Would you think that, say, within a year or two's time, that we would really need to consider moving towards going to PC or PS4? I say that it's uh, very reasonable to be asking for for that now, and when we get an answer to it, maybe within that time frame. But like I said, we have we have to be patient with CCP on what they decide to finally do, because that is a very very big question to ask. Because porting dust over will require lots of work, lots of time, and lots of money, and they have to decide which way which way is best to go. I mean, let me tell you from a personal experience and talking to many many players. Putting dust on the PS4 would do wonders in, re in revitalizing the player base. I know a lot of people that say, I'm telling them about you know Warlord and, and 1.0 and all this other stuff. And they well, that's really cool, but I don't want to play it on PS3. If they put it in PS4, I'd actually give it a shot. And I hear that over and over again. So, I mean, that, that really is something that should be pushed by the community. Because I think a PS4 port would be huge in, in kind of revitalizing the game, especially given the recent progress we've had. I mean, a lot of the stuff... Yeah. We a lot of the stuff that we've we've seen I, I did not expect at all post fan fest. I figured we'd kinda of limp along with nothing and that would be it. But you know, even like Jay said, we should have had this stuff two years ago, but the fact of the matter is that it actually is happening and that surprises me. And so I'm I'm a bit more hopeful in that regard. And I think that if you know CC pushed forward and said, Yeah, we'll put this in the PS4, it's gonna really tell a player base that they're committed to supporting this game in the long term, especially on a new platform moving forward in the future, because PS3 is obviously dying, and I think that if they commit to the PS4, it's going to show people that they actually do care about this game and want it to move forward. So I, that, I really do hope that they deeply consider that sort of uh, choice. Also, I, I've actually talked to not even gamers, but like regular people who just happen to play FPSs, and I've told them about how Dust is, what has happened in Dust what has been going on currently like recently within the last couple of months and they've said that they would actually try it but they don't want to really play it because um as i've told them that it doesn't run as good as say uh, um modern day fps should uh they said that they would actually try it if it went over to pc or ps4 so moving it over probably would be a good idea not just for the community as a whole, but getting more people in. Yeah, I mean, it's, and like I said, I was certainly not attempting to be a Debbie Downer. There was literally just that little slice of, that little overlay of uh, the practical nature of what we're talking about versus the the very fun discussion that we had talking it's about. It's called the, the bitter vet syndrome, bro. No, on, it's man. not. It's not about being bitter. It's literally about, there's, I mean, like the bitter vet, the bitter vet viewpoint would have been, um, you know, going all soda pop on it. You know, for those of it you listen, soda, soda pop is, <laughs> oh, is an infamous is an infamous member of the dust community. Um, but or to, to be very to be very frank, and I'll call him out by name, it would be like acting like how Aonamadi acts sometimes. Sure. Um, and and he's fucking schizophrenic. Like one day he's he's the biggest dust uber fan, and he is all in, and he's like you know form posts everywhere, and then the next day. Like, fuck this game. None of you people care about the game. Fuck all of you. And it's, it, you know, that's that's where you, I think, you facilitate with the Bitter Vet thing. I, I enjoy the game, but the, the difference is you got to see it for what it is. It is a dated game on a dying platform, and that's not evil. That's just kind of how it is. And ultimately, all these questions really come back to, okay, CCP, 
what's in the future like what now what's in the future we want to give you our money we want to get we want to give you our patronage in in terms of you know like we want your service we want your game what now what product what product are you going to offer or will you offer a product and honestly you know does the thing eventually make its way to a pc or a ps4 i don't know i would really like it to uh, and I would definitely play it, like, and I would probably invest a lot of time and energy into it, just like I did with Dust. But I could also very clearly see a path where it basically, you know, goes the way of Mag, you know, that sort of suck. die quietly. No, oh. it whether it, whether it would suck or not, it's just that's a possible outcome. I mean, that's the reality. Is we we know very little. Uh, by that I mean we know basically nothing. I suspect yeah. the CCP knows a scoosh more than us, but really not much more. And I wasn't really being facetious then. I mean, literally, it probably knows a bit more than us, but truly not that much. Um, so on that note, guys, uh, what I'd like to do is any if there's any saved rounds, hit them in your shout outs. Um, I'll start kind of at the top of the list and we'll kind of work our way down for some shout outs. OK, cool. Awesome. Godin, you happen to be up first. Um, I was doing some research of how to um, design arties in uh, auto cannons for large turrets. And I came up with a cool little thing called the Kugel Blitz. Yeah, if you knew what that is, you would instantly know why I chose that for auto cannons. That's all. Okay, shout out to Godin himself. Awesome. Um, Iron Wolf? A shout out to all the folks, uh, all the military folks in Japan enjoying their Super Bowl Monday off. Um, hope you enjoyed the game and all the commercials you actually see one for, for once. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jadik? Um, I'd like to give a shout out to the people of the Dust514 Poker Club. That's been a thing I've been participating on a weekly basis and it's a lot of fun. It's, um, Friday nights at, uh, uh, seven o'clock Pacific time and, uh, we just have a great time. Play a little, a couple of hands of poker and then go kind of shoot some face and other games in PlayStation Home. And we're going to keep doing that until they shut down and end of March. So I'm going to see it off on a, a good note. That's that's pretty cool. So now that's the whole PS Home thing is shutting off, right? Yep, yep, March 31st. And there's actually... it's, it's Really? Yep, it's shutting down. Um, they're, after six years, they're closing up shop, and they're also going to be losing the dust assets that were in Home as well. So that's going to be Yeah, we're going to get out of beta? Yeah. Really? Wow. Nah, I, I messed around that are like I was just trying to figure out what it was and it there's well, I mean, certainly I'm, a lot I'm of sure, people. I'm sure CCP has the assets from the PS home stuff. Um the, the access for players yeah. to get to them is easy. Yeah. I mean the Ooh. only the only big thing with PS home um dust side that's a loss is um is Slay and Slay is better played on a tablet anyways. You can you can find it in Slay the Slay is terrible. In the Play Store, or the, uh, I think they have it for iOS as well. And uh, the guy who originally created the game has it. It's like six bucks though, but it's so much more fun on on a tablet than it ever was on a PS3 with a controller. The only thing that really is going to be missed from it, in my opinion, is the fact that the um, what was it? those labs that you could get out of doing Slay. We yeah. we t- we brought them out of there. You cannot get the BPO for it. Yeah, I know, but still, you won't be able to get BPCs for them, and that's pretty cool because like you can buy a BPO, but 
I got DPCs for him, bro. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I think I. The, like, the big thing I'm going to miss about PlayStation Home is like, after all these years of like third party developer content, there's a lot of stuff you can visit. Um, yeah. A lot of game history kind of like tied into it. You, you can kind of go back to and reference, and um, it's kind of, it's, it's like moving away from a home and you can't go back to it. Now, I, they're not bringing, is that not brought over to PS4, all that stuff? Um, there's been a Kickstarter campaign or something called uh, Neotopia. But that's what? that's that, that's like oh that's a yes yeah, something like that. But it's it's completely different and it's not going to be poured over the assets. Okay. I think it, I think it's it's going to be like managed by some of the devs that worked on PS Home from Sony. Well, yeah, but no, I think PS4 has its own version of PS Home, right? No, or, or did you call no. it something different? No, no, no. Okay. Uh, the the only thing that's cl- not really even close to it because it's like. You can have a webcam and you can do stuff on there. It's kind of weird. And people has been doing some naughty things on it. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's the closest thing you could get. Um, but then, uh, it's, not, it's not like a like a like an avatar-based social environment, like say like Second Life. That's yeah. That might be coming to PlayStation 4, but it's not going to be the same. And like all the, the money and stuff that you've basically built up in the PlayStation 3 version... Looks like it's going to be kind of going up in smoke. Okay. Um, yeah, point well taken. Uh, yeah. Just a shout out to the desk community for uh, sticking along with the ride on this crazy, this crazy thing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, I just like to point out that I wasn't giving a shout out to me. I was giving a shout out to German engineers during World War II because they could make some awesome stuff. Okay. Uh, and Pokey Draven. Uh, just a shout out to CCP and the CPM for putting together uh, Warlords 1.0. I never thought it would happen, and I was proven delightfully wrong. So thanks, guys. Okay, and Sarah? I'm giving my shout out to Spademan for having uh, guessed the expansion title on the forums before it was announced. Oh, cool. All right, that's pretty cool. Um, let's see. I don't have a whole lot of shout outs tonight. Well, actually, I do. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to DJ Funky Bacon. And for those of you that don't know. Oh, oh, no. oh, oh God. You're no, don't go this. there. Don't we go gonna, there, please. We were going to finish this podcast. We are. And I, this is this is in the professional parlance, what we refer to as a teaser. Like if like you got uh, to work with me on this. Aha. Uh, okay. uh-huh. I, I see. So, <laughs> CCP Lilo Multipass. So... <laughs> I would like to give out, I give my shout out to DJ Funky Bacon, who was a guest on this show, one of our very early episodes of Biomast. He is a member of CSM9. Uh, he's a big fact war guy, and he is also yeah. a very disgruntled man right now. <laughs> so, in in the tradition of many C, CSM, CPMs, and C whatever Ms, um, there's a bit of friction right now in the council and Eve and there's a bit of friction with uh, CCP and it went fairly public and there were shots fired on both sides from CCP publicly to a CSM member and then back and forth. Do we want to just put that tweet? Do we just want to say it? So uh, no, I'm just, (laughs) you guys go out there and check it out. If you, if you want to check out my Twitter, you'll probably find it there. Um, I would, I would like to talk about this in the future in relates to 
in the, in the relation to how this works for Dust, or how should it work for Dust, or how should it work for really for any game. And this will be a nice little lead into the our uh, gra- grassroots biomass-led campaign of when are we going to get some CPM2 action. Uh, and I'm calling it now because Kane Sparrow left as the bitterest of bitter vet, and he came back, and now he's trying to be a really nice guy. And he's shaking hands and kissing babies. I'm calling it now that Kane Sparrow tries to run for uh, CPM2. No, thank you. Yeah, sure, right. Say that now, bro. <laughs> okay, that's all I, I got, guys. And uh, oh, I think, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, man. I know how the rodeo goes. I'm pretty sure Kane doesn't want to come back to it. <laughs> yeah, but you did, didn't you? Okay. So I'm on toast. On that note, we are going to call, bring uh, episode 39 to a close. And uh, folks, in in my my truest of uh, 1950s sort of uh, homage, there. Good night and good luck.